Hello everyone and welcome back to episode 48. I hope that you are all well and that you've had a very happy new year. I've had some really lovely messages from you over this past week as well as some fantastic reviews on the pod which I'm very very grateful for. So thank you to all of you that have messaged me, that have left me reviews and please keep them coming because they really help the podcast to grow. So I had my first, possibly ever, sober New Year's Eve this year. I know, check me out. Um, As I mentioned last week, I purposefully didn't make any plans to go out partying anywhere like I normally would do. Um, So in the end, I ended up going to one of my best mate's houses at the last minute and we ate pizza and mini eggs and I drank my fizzy water from a Prosecco glass and we played Monopoly and he was aggressively competitive I would say maybe the worst person that I've ever played against I think and he was just hell-bent on making me bankrupt through the whole game So I'm still not convinced that he wasn't cheating, but what's the festive season if there isn't at least one argument over a board game? So after that, I came home. I was tucked up in bed for half ten. My mum and dad were pissed at a party, so they kept ringing me, even though I'd sent them several messages saying, Happy New Year, please don't ring me, I'll be asleep. But they kept ringing me (laughs) to wish me a Happy New Year and passed me around to everybody at the party. Um, so they woke me up but overall I thoroughly enjoyed it it was very chilled and I particularly enjoyed waking up with no hangover and being in a very fit state to go for a big walk and for some lunch with my other best mate so yeah it was really good I enjoyed it I hope you enjoyed yours so today's been my first day back at work. We had a training day, so waking up for work was a bit of a killer, to be honest. I used to wake up really early at one point, but I seem to be a bit of a sloth in the morning recently. I think maybe it's because it's still winter. So it was a struggle, but it was nice to see all of my work friends, and I'm quite glad to get back into a routine. Before I start with today's podcast topic, I just want to mention that I have now finally set up a private Facebook group for my listeners. And it's something that I've mentioned that I was going to do before and I've been meaning to do it for ages and I put it off and then I forgot and someone asked me about it a week or two ago and it's reminded me to create it. So I've set it up now and there are actually quite a lot of you listening now. (laughs) How exciting! And some of you just listen, but some of you email me, a lot of you follow me on Instagram, some of you follow my Facebook page, but I wanted to create like one central safe place that we can build a community of people where where you can connect with like other like-minded people and make friends and ask for advice and give advice and support each other with our mindset and our manifestations because we're all in the same boat together. Um, And I'm in a few groups myself and I really love how that because it's a private group, people feel really safe to interact with each other and to share so much more than they would do on a page or you know, individually through messages and stuff. It's, It's really like a community. So that's something that I wanted to create for this pod and it also gives me the opportunity to get to know you all better as individuals and like see what you're up to and 
and talk to you more. So I would really love if you would join that Facebook group. There is a link on my Facebook page to the group or you can just search Positive Pig on Facebook and request to join the group and I'll let you in. So before you listen to any more of this episode, please pause me and go and join. Thank you. Right, so... (coughs) (coughs) Sorry, choking. Right, let's get started. So I've been waiting to do this episode for quite some time now because it's a pretty significant one, I would say. But before I did, I wanted to familiarise myself with the concept of what I'm going to talk about properly and test it out for myself a bit before I shared it with all of you. So, as you know, for a very long time, since probably around the age of 17, which is, fucking hell, it's half my life, isn't it? I'm nearly 30, how old am I? 34 this month. Half my life? That's ridiculous. That's gone alarmingly fast. But yeah, since the age of 17, I've been learning about and practicing the law of attraction and my faith in that law has been unwavering ever since. It's such a massive, massive part of my life that I felt compelled to teach it to others. I feel like that's my purpose in life is to share the power that we have within us. And as a result of that, obviously, this podcast was born, which I'm thrilled about. But over the year, I do feel like this pod has evolved to cover more than just the law of attraction. I talk about a lot of different things which are all related to that subject. And recently, I've been very drawn to look into and start practicing another of the universal laws, which is the law of assumption. Now, previously, I have kind of lumped these two in together and thought that they were kind of the same thing and I've been aware of this law for I'd say probably around about five or six years but because my success with manifestation has always been via the law of attraction I didn't dismiss it but I didn't really delve into it either and I did kind of for quite some time think it was one and the same. So up until about a year or two ago If you mention words like law of attraction or energy or manifestation, in my experience, people would consider you to be some kind of mad hippie. And then suddenly, it's everywhere you look, there's loads of people talking about it, writing about it. This was a a much smaller community of people up until the last couple of years, and I'm thrilled that it's now become are subject of interest because it's such a powerful thing to know and it's life-changing and it's now accepted by many people as fact of how the world works and that that's really great and I feel that that is because this is just my opinion but I feel that's it's because of like a collective shift in human consciousness and what I mean by that is a bit like when your iPhone gets a software update and suddenly it's got a new function that it didn't before. It's the same phone, but it's got something new. It's got a new ability. Humans have recently had a similar update, which has allowed us all to see what's really going on more clearly than we did before. But I won't go any further into that because that's a whole other episode. So I know that many of you are 
as fully into all of these subjects as I am, but I still regularly get messages from people who have only just been introduced to these concepts. And every single time I get one, it just blows my mind that this is new information. But at the same time, I get so excited for them to learn about it because it's just life-changing. It's like amazing. And I'm so excited to be able to be the person that shares this information with other people because I know how it will impact your life so positively. So I want to go over the basics of law of attraction and the basics of law of assumption and mostly how they differ from each other because this is the part that I've been learning quite recently. So law of attraction is a law that states that like attracts like and It's the better known of the two because it's listed as one of the 12 universal laws. And there are 11 other laws that are listed. And I will read them to you very briefly and tell you quickly what they mean. So there's the law of divine oneness, which means everything and everyone is connected. The law of vibration, that everything has a vibrational frequency. The law of action, that manifestation requires aligned action. So you'll have heard me talking about aligned action before. The law of correspondence, which is as above, so below. The law of cause and effect, or sometimes it's known as the law of karma. Every action has a consequence. The law of compensation, that you'll be rewarded for your well-intended actions. The law of perpetual transmutation of energy. That's a posh one. Uh, It just means that energy can't be destroyed or created, and it's always moving and changing. (coughs) I'm choking deep here. Sorry. I don't want to keep editing it, so you just bear with me with the coughs. Um, The next one is the law... No, I've already done that one. The law of relativity. Nothing is good or bad. It's all relative. The law of polarity, which means that there's two sides to everything. The law of rhythm. Nothing is permanent and life is just a never-ending cycle. And the law of gender, which means that masculine and feminine energies exist in all things. I've done an episode on masculine and feminine energies about a month or two ago. So the law of assumption is not actually mentioned in there, which is partly why I believe that it was one and the same as law of attraction. But it's a very simple and powerful way to manifest because the law of assumption states that whatever you assume to be true will manifest. It's just as simple as that. And it's taken me quite a while and a lot of research to be able to clearly differentiate the two from each other and to work out how to put them into practice. But I have managed, and so I'm going to share my findings with you today. So here are the main differences between the two, and there's five main differences altogether. So the first one, number one, is the law of attraction has been popularised by a book and a film by Rhonda Byrne called The Secret. It's a very, very popular book, very popular film, and most people who apply the law of attraction in their life do so as a result of having watched or read The Secret. If you haven't already done this, I would highly recommend that you do. It's really good. It's the basics. It's not got everything you need to know but it's a great starting point and the main thing that I like about it is that it has a lot of really inspiring examples of what people have manifested and how they've used the law of interaction to 
um, improve their life in lots of different ways. Personally, I prefer the film, <clears throat> but they both contain pretty much the same information as I was. <laughs> um, slightly gutted to find out when I bought the book and I was like, this is just the fucking film, it's just the same. Everything's the same. So it's just whether you want to read it or whether you want to watch it. Um, if you're going to watch it and you've not watched it before, just bear with like the first 15 minutes. There's a lot of, you know, dramatic music and images that might put you off. Just power through for the first 10 minutes and then it gets into it. Um, so the law of assumption was popularized by the teachings of a man called Neville Goddard quite some time ago. And these teachings are available as books or as audio, but they're not presented in the same alluring way that the secret presents the law of attraction. They're very simple. Uh, it can almost be a little bit boring, um, I think. And that's probably, I think, why the law of attraction has got a bigger following because it's been almost branded very well by good old Rhonda. So that's the main, uh, the first main difference. The second main difference is that the law of attraction states that our manifestations are coming from an outside source, which varies and can vary completely and still be within that, what's the umbrella of law of attraction, depending on, you know, if you're religious, if you're not religious, whatever you want to call it. So that outside source is sometimes called God, Sometimes it's called the universe, the quantum field, source. There's absolutely loads of different names for it. Um, and it's that source or that energy or that universe or that quantum field or that God that grants your desires. Now, for me, I've always referred to it as the universe. But when I think about it as a an image, if you get what I mean, I kind of see it as like a big web of entangled energy that we are all in and that we can draw from at any time if we're aligned with what it is that we're trying to bring towards us because like I said before I've always practiced the law of attraction whereas the law of assumption states that nothing exists outside of us and that our imagination is the only creator of our reality and that we are the only operant power. So <clears throat> it's kind of outside versus inside. And because law of attraction is so ingrained in me, I still have um, a lot of those beliefs, but I also now have developed beliefs that align with the law of assumption too. So I'm kind of in the middle of both, but... It'll be weird for me to switch completely to the law of assumption, but I feel like over time, maybe that might happen. I don't know yet. Stay tuned. So number three, the law of attraction is very heavily intertwined with another of the universal laws, and that's the law of vibration. And the law of vibration states that everything's got a vibrational frequency. And in the law of attraction, because that states that like attracts light, you kind of required to align your frequency with that which you desire. And you do that by really evoking the emotions and the feelings, particularly the feeling of gratitude that you'll experience when you receive your desire. There's a really big focus on getting into a high vibe state and, and raising your vibration and your frequency 
so that you can match with that desire. Whereas the law of assumption states that you just need to basically accept that it's true, make it your dominant belief through affirming that it is true, and then it's done, and you've already received it. So it's simpler, um, more straight to the point, not as much of the need to keep yourself in this state all the time. If you can accept that it's true, it's done, in a nutshell. So number four, now this one is interesting, So, and it's quite complex, so if you're zoning out, come back, please, come back now. Tune back in because it's, I found it to be quite a bizarre concept at first. So, the law of attraction states that each person has free will and that your will does not affect another person's. So, often you'll hear people who practice the law of attraction talking about manifesting this or something better. I think it was Gabriella Bernstein that's kind of coined that, I could be wrong. But she always talks about manifesting this or something better, which requires you to trust that the outside source that you are asking for your manifestation from will hand over the outcome, you know, and that something else is kind of in control. But it's something that's giving, it's something that wants the best for you. So in some circumstances, it might give you a slightly different outcome that's best for you. Now, for me, this is where my spirituality comes into it and makes me lean a little bit towards law of attraction. Because if, like me, you speak to your spirit guides and your angels and, you know, passed on loved ones or ascended masters or whatever it is, anybody who's in your spirit team and you ask for their help and guidance then you're kind of more in a law of attraction state because you're putting your faith and the outcome in an an outside source. But because I believe that both of these laws exist and they're just two different approaches, I also believe that the following is just as true. Now I've got my head around it and I find this part very intriguing. So the law of assumption states that no one has free will and that all possibilities, all possible realities exist simultaneously, and everyone is purely you pushed out. So if you were to change your assumption or your dominant belief about somebody, then that person has to comply because you are creating your own reality. There might be another reality that that involves that person that's nothing to do with you that you're not aware of, But in your reality, you are completely in control and you can mould things to go the way that you believe. So just to clarify, let's say that you were manifesting being in a relationship with a specific person that you've chosen. So that person could be madly in love with you in your reality. But in another person's reality, your specific person that you've chosen could be happily married to someone else, to them, to the per- the other person. And both of these realities exist, according to the law of assumption, at the same time, as well as every other possibility. So that person might be single in another one. They might be 
I don't know, there might be a fucking trapeze artist in the Cirque du Soleil, another, I don't know, it could be anything. All possibilities exist. And that's the one that I found hardest to accept, but it also creates a lot of potential as well. And it doesn't always have to relate to a romantic relationship at all. According to the law of assumption, you can shape completely the people around you to become whoever you would like them to be. So again, if you've got, um, let's say you've got a colleague who um, is an absolute cow with you and is always rude to you, ignores you, goes out of a way to piss you off, like this is purely hypothetical. Thankfully, I do not have any colleagues like this, but let's say that you do. In your That's your current 3D reality, so this person is not very nice to you. If you be- believe that they are not very nice to you, then that is what you're creating according to the law of assumption, and to be honest, the law of attraction as well. But in the law of assumption, you have the ability to morph that person into your desired version of him or her. So if you can start deciding that that person absolutely loves you, that they want to be your friend, that they're so kind to you, that they speak so highly of you, and you can affirm it until you've accepted that as your dominant belief, then because that person has no free will in your reality that you are creating, they might still be occurring somebody else's, but in your reality they will show up as this new version of the same person because you are creating it. You are morphing that person because everybody is you pushed out. It's your belief pushed out. I hope that makes sense because it's quite deep, that one. So number five is the law of attraction requires a lot of belief There's a lot of things around a law of attraction you'll hear, ask, believe, receive. Believing is a big, big, big part of law of attraction and it's often very difficult to do. So you have to believe and trust that that outside source is going to provide you with whatever you've asked for or something better, which often we'll add that caveat to at the end because we're kind of okay with receiving something that's not exactly what we asked for but is even better you have to believe that it completely works until you receive your proof so once you receive your proof which you will because it does work then then your belief will become stronger and it will become easier to do but in the early days of manifesting it can be quite hard to get that belief with absolutely no proof Whereas the law of assumption, Neville Goddard really encourages you to test it out before he asks you to believe anything. So it's much more factual. There's no bullshit. It's like, well, try it and see sort of thing. So it's definitely good if you are a a little bit sceptical about it. If you're somebody who is very open-minded or you're somebody who's very spiritual or just somebody who kind of sees the magic in the ordinary, then you'll find that you can probably manifest through the law of attraction with relative ease. But if you are new to this, or if you're a bit more sceptical, or if you are a person who likes to see the evidence before they believe anything, then I would probably recommend maybe starting off or trying the law of assumption, because that's probably going to be the better 
manifestation route for you. <clears throat> and also, I'd like to add that I personally think that both of these laws are just as valid and just as real as each other. And a lot of people, including myself, use a combination of the two. But they are two different approaches and they work better if you stick to one or the other. I, like I said before, I'm kind of in the middle of not transitioning from one to another because I still think I will always use the law of attraction as well as law of assumption. But I feel quite excited about this because it almost feels like I've just discovered it like I did when I was 17. So... Like you can travel on a boat or you can travel on a plane to get to a destination on holiday, both will work, both will work perfectly fine, but you can't fly a boat and you can't sail a plane. So it's definitely a good idea to choose one way to manifest a particular desire that you're focusing on. But it's not to say that you can't swap and change to manifest something else that you desire. So I don't think you have to pick a camp and stick to it religiously you can experiment with both and see which one works for you and then make your decision about which way you're going to do. And a lot of the things I think that you'll find cross over into both methods. So there's some things that cross over into both, like visualisation, for example. So um, the way that I think about it, the way that I view it in my head, because you know I love an analogy, is it's like if you were travelling to a destination in a car and you were on a lovely country winding road, there's a lot more to see along the way. It's more enjoyable. It's got a nicer feel. It's possibly a bit less reliable and can potentially take longer. That's the law of attraction for me. Whereas law of assumption is more like travelling on a motorway. There's nothing to see or do. It's a bit boring, but it's very reliable and often will get you there quicker. Because I really enjoy the process of manifestation now, <clears throat> I still lean towards the law of attraction a lot. I like the country lanes route where I might see, you know, a couple of magical sheep and maybe stop for a caramel latte at the village green along the way. But in the times when I've needed to manifest something quickly or I've needed to manifest something that's very important to me, I can see in hindsight now that I have actually been unknowingly using the law of assumption route, the motorway route, all along without actually realising what I was doing because I was grouping the two together. So let's say that you were man. Why am I out of breath? Does that mean I should stop talking, do you think? We're 26 minutes in. I'm sorry, I'm not done yet, so you better get a butty. Right, so let's say that you were manifesting a new job. If you took the law of attraction approach, some of the steps that you might take, and this varies, you know, depending on the person, you would ask the universe to provide this manifestation or to guide you to the perfect role. So you might be contacting your spirit guides or your angels, you might be writing something down, you might be putting it on a bay leaf and burning it, you might be um, using your crystals, you'd be visualising it quite intensely every day, um, you might be using vision boards, you would probably, a big part of it would be gratitude, so you'd be writing a lot of gratitude lists to really evoke that feeling of it arriving and to raise your vibration to match that high frequency. Um, you'd be listening to lots of 
affirmation tapes probably and looking out for signs you might see angel numbers you might feel really excited that it's on its way and ultimately you'd be waiting for the universe to deliver this or something better in divine timing whereas if you took the law of assumption approach some of the things would be the same you would still be thinking of the new job that you wanted you might still write it down but you're probably more likely to take a bit more of a straightforward approach. You might just apply for a job. You might um, visualise a scenario where it's done, so somebody might congratulate you, and that might be only done for you know a short time, two or three nights or a week or so, rather than doing it repeatedly for you know ever. And just accept that it's done. Feel that it's done. Affirm that it's already done and make that your dominant belief. And when you have a belief that crops up that doesn't um, support that, correct it and just keep affirming that, no, it is done. That is correct. I have got the job. And just speak and act as if it's already done and then receive it. So the slightly different approaches, um, one's a little bit more, I don't want to say like, I don't, I don't mean this in a bad way, but because I like this way, like a bit more airy-fairy, feels a bit more magical, feels more exciting to me um whereas the law of assumption is a lot more efficient but you know less magical feeling in my opinion um <coughs> so another example that will hopefully demonstrate the difference on new year's day i said before i went for a meal with my friend alex when we were out walking uh we can't go for a walk without eating really i it's it's never happened but we went to this Italian and I manifested a pineapple pizza very efficiently now don't judge my topping choice I am really into pineapple pizza at the minute I do have this weird thing where I like obsess (laughs) is the word over one particular food for a period of time and then I'll never eat it again so it used to be onion barges, and then at one point it was Caramax. Happy Hippos was a bad one. Bad. I was absolutely smashing Happy Hippos. Another one's Grapefruit. Done that. So this happens to me now and again. I get one food. I obsess over it. I eat it for every meal. And then I never eat it again because it disgusts me. <laughs> so at the minute, pineapple pizza is the one. Salad butty is about the healthiest one I've ever had, unfortunately. Um, So anyway, I digress. We went to this Italian and I opened the menu. I chose what I wanted. I ordered it with the waiter. I accepted that the pizza was already mine. The pizza arrived 15 minutes later. I ate it. There was nothing magical about it. It was very straightforward. It was law of assumption. If I'd have used the law of attraction to manifest the pizza... I would have opened the menu and still selected what I wanted and then I would have asked the waiter if I could have it and watched as he kind of walked off to the kitchen to discuss it with the chef if this pizza was really what was best for me. Sat visualising myself eating the pineapple pizza, writing down my gratitude for it, feeling so grateful, whispering in the chef's ear in my mind and writing down, I'm so happy and grateful that I've received a pineapple pizza or something better. 
And then five hours later, I might have received a bowl of spaghetti bolognese, which I would put down in my mind as it must have been something better than my request and that it was sent to me in divine timing. And I'm not taking the piss there because that's that <laughs> that process is what I would still choose to do in a lot of scenarios. Like I still really like law of attraction, um, but I'm just providing you with a couple of different options. So people see manifestation as something that's like really glamorous and they don't realise that you are manifesting constantly, all day long, every single day, for good and for bad. And like generally I've realised that through law of assumption, you are creating your life all the time. So let's say you want a cup of coffee you think, I want a cup of coffee, you go make a cup of coffee, you drink coffee. That's a manifestation. It doesn't have to be like a surprise. It doesn't have to be something really extravagant. It's it's a, a thought creating a thing. That's all it is. So I don't sit there and, and think and write down in my journal, I'm so happy and grateful that I've now received this cup of coffee. I just assume that I'm going to get a cup of coffee and I take inspired action put the kettle on, put the coffee in the cup and make the coffee. And there it is. Voila. It's manifested. So it's just, um, you know, understanding that manifestation is something you already do all of the time. So whilst I was researching over this past month or so for this particular episode, like I mentioned before, I realised that a lot of my manifestations that have been really important to me I've actually manifested through the law of assumption, not the law of attraction as I thought I had. And the best example that I have of this to share with you is that when my dad had malignant melanoma that had metastasized to different areas of his body, and in the 3D reality, the one that I was looking at, like the hard facts that I could see, it was pretty fucking bleak like it didn't look good it didn't sound good it looked really bad um you know a lot of what I read was not good so in that particular scenario where it was absolutely vital that it ended in my desired outcome and his desired outcome and all of our family's desired outcome that he was going to be fine I didn't do any of the usual steps that I would manifest through the law of attraction and I've only just really realised that. I literally decided that he was healed and regardless through the two years that it went on, I never once took any notice of anything negative that the doctors said. If the scan showed up and said it was somewhere else, I just ignored it. I completely ignored it. I didn't accept that to be my reality. I could see that it was my 3D reality, but it wasn't my real reality. And I just decided that he was healed and made that my dominant thought and tried my very best to convince him the same. And he, you know, he he did the same. He affirmed that as well as well as he could, because obviously that was a really scary time for him. And I was so sure, so absolutely sure, because I had no other choice that my thoughts were creating, that I just didn't have any other option other than to absolutely convince myself 
that he was completely healed because the price of accepting anything but that as truth was far too high and any good news from the doctors from the scans I allowed that in I allowed that to add to my belief and affirm it any bad news and there was plenty of bad news along the way I ignored it I completely ignored it and thought of it as complete bollocks I just didn't allow myself to believe it and I'm very grateful now that he is back to complete health and I believe that that is a result of our collective belief in that positive outcome mixed with a bit of law of attraction stuff, our gratitude for his health and never ever ever look to your 3D reality for evidence that your manifestation is on the way unless that 3D supports and adds to your belief that it is regardless of whether you are using law of attraction or law of assumption never use your 3 reality as evidence unless it's supporting that positive outcome anything in the 3d that doesn't support the outcome that you desire please kindly file it in the bollocks section of your mental filing cabinet because it's not real that is only what you're old thoughts have created the thoughts that you are having now is going to create what's to come so bloody hell 37 minutes no wonder I'm out of breath it's weird that isn't it why am I out of breath maybe I hold my breath while I'm speaking um I'm literally sat in my jammers just on a chair so I'm going to finish off now by sharing the most popular way to test the law of assumption and it's suggested by Neville Goddard himself So I thought that we could try it for ourselves this week and post about it in the new Facebook group. So it's called The Ladder Technique and it's very well known in the Law of Attraction community. I'm sure there's loads of others, but seeing as we're on 37 minutes, I don't want to take the piss. I'm just going to share one with you. So for three nights in a row, simple as this, before you go to sleep, you need to visualise yourself climbing a ladder in as much detail as possible and feel like it's happening. And if you're like me and you're a bit shit at visualisation, I realise that it's really not a strong point for me, I'm not very good at visualising, then just use a memory of a ladder that you've climbed in the past and replay that memory so that you're visualising yourself climbing up a ladder in as much detail as possible. Feel yourself putting your feet on the rungs of the ladder putting your hands on it, feel if you're outside, feel everything everything you can, put as much detail into it as possible. And you do that for three nights. Then, multiple times a day, you can either write on a piece of paper, I will not climb a ladder, and leave them around your space, so you might want to do like post-it notes so you can see them, or alternatively, you could just write it in your notes and set it as your lock screen. Let's bring old Nev into the 21st century but somewhere that you're going to see it a lot throughout the day you need to write down I will not climb a ladder and after three days you can stop and Neville says that shortly after that you'll be presented with a ladder but the important part is don't go looking for it it's going to find you so don't be going to like you know B&Q or looking looking around car parks at ladders on vans and stuff it will find you it'll be obvious and You could adapt this to any random activity you like, but the ladder is something that's quite quite random. (coughs) So that's what I'm going to be doing tonight. And I'm going to be 
posting it in the Facebook group when I see the ladder. And just the last thing that I want to mention is you might be wondering why does he say that you have to write down, I will not climb a ladder, because he's almost kind of trying to make you disprove his theory so that you are convinced of it, because, you know, it's this test is for, like, somebody who is sceptical about it and wants the evidence. So he's trying to make it, when he's written this, um, believable. So you're thinking, well, if you write... I will not climb on a ladder, then it's not you're not going to end up climbing up a ladder. But the way that your subconscious works and your universe and your God and your assumption and everything to do with manifestation is it, it's the subject of your thoughts. It's not whether you want them or you don't want them. So if you're saying, I don't want to be ill, I don't want to be ill, I don't want to be ill, the subject is illness. So that's why you will manifest more illness by thinking, I don't want to be ill. So everyone always tells you this to do with law of attraction or law of assumption, any kind of manifestation. You need to think carefully about the subject that you are focusing on. So if, for example, you're ill and you don't want to be ill, you say, I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm healed. You put your focus on the healing never on the illness because it doesn't have any bias towards wants or doesn't wants. So that's why writing down, I will not climb a ladder, will not um, stop your manifestation from coming. I hope that makes sense. Right, I'm going to stop now because I'm going uh, picking my friend up from the airport and I've been talking for fucking ages. So please, 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 Will you join the Facebook group, Positive Pig? um, Just send me a request and I will let you in. And also, if you are new to the podcast, which I know loads of you are, please will you leave me a review. I will be so grateful. Thank you very much. I will speak to you next week. Have a fabulous week and I'll see you in the group.